The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. Hello there and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you out there? Everyone in the bagpiping world. I hope you are all keeping well. Uh, because Yeah, it's been quite a busy week again in the bagpiping world. And you may have already guessed by, well, you've already clicked download. You've seen the duration of this week's podcast. It's going to be quite a bumper episode, but we've got quite a lot to bring you guys. So we hope you're going to enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, let's get through the introduction first of all then, shall we? Mm. If this is your very first Big Rab Show podcast, then uh, where have you been? We've been doing this for ages now. It's getting ridiculous how long we've been doing this. So, yeah, we have a huge back catalogue and we're thundering our way to episode 200 as we speak. So, yeah, where have you been? We have a huge back catalogue that you can go and check out where we've talked about everything, possibly, at this point in the bagpiping world. Um, Are we running out of content? Uh, No, if anything, possibly the complete opposite. We have way too much stuff that we want to present to you guys and just not enough episodes when you're doing one a week. Um, it has been suggested, actually, by ourselves, the Rab Show team, that maybe we should do more than one episode a week. Uh, and no, I think uh, my wife and kids might actually disown me if I did that. But sorry, guys. So, yeah, we'll stick to the one episode a week for now. And we'll just keep churning out the content as we get it. There you are. So, yes, if you are so inclined you can help support the show you can go and check us out on patreon where yeah for every click of support you can get tons of extra content now we've actually been really quite active and busy over there on patreon uh with a lot of stuff hitting our patreon page like we have catch-up episodes from fuse fm balamoney so if you do happen to miss our live show that's where you can go and also we have uh episodes of rab show plus exclusive interviews we have videos of backstage uh, exclusive performances way way too much stuff to kind of list here on the podcast but trust me every click of support really does help support us and let's face it podcasting in the middle of all of this global pandemic nonsense is not easy uh, specifically uh, when it comes to finances uh, so yeah it's great to know that you guys are helping support your are your favorite podcast there you are so if you'd like to, go and check us out on Patreon, click support, and be part of the Patreon faithful. However, if you don't want to, you don't have to. And yes, we will still continue churning out the piping goodness each and every week right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. Now, <clears throat> for those of you who listened to our Fuse FM Bala Money radio show last night on Fuse, you guys will know what's coming up on this week's podcast. We did kind of tease it last night on Fuse when we were talking all about brand new music. Hmm. <laughs> We'll talk more about that in a little minute. Uh, But yeah, we've got a load of great stuff coming on this week's podcast, so I'm looking forward to it. Right, let's get into things. Uh, Well, first of all, I have to give a special mention to our ongoing promotion with Piper's Dojo. A load of folks are actually still using that at the moment, so thank you, uh, because it's just brilliant to see so many people are taking the opportunity and lifting the practice chanter and having a go and that's what it's about and that yeah so go and check it out bigrabshow.com 
forward slash dojo where you can go and get 30 days of premium for just one dollar now what makes this so special is it drops the paywall on absolutely everything so you get access to all the live lessons your one-to-ones all your facebook groups all your social media stuff all of that for one dollar and after 30 days if you don't notice an improvement in your playing then there's something badly wrong. Trust me, you will notice a difference in your playing. Uh, even if you are a bare-bone beginner, or if you are an advanced player, you will still get some value out of the Piper's Dojo, I'll have to stress. Uh, also, we do still have our tuning package, which is still up there. Uh, you can go and check that out. Learn to tune your pipes like a world champion. And I think at the moment, with everyone playing and learning at home and stuff like that, being able to tune your own pipes at home is really invaluable. I've said it a load of times before, I've used this package myself, uh, learning various different hints and tips on how to tune my own pipes, and yeah, it's invaluable, really. And it's completely free. Just go and check it out, bigrabshow.com forward slash dojo, and yeah, why not? It's free, free, my favourite word. All right, let's fly on. That's the domestics. And, oh, I have to give a special mention to those folks who've been ordering Rab Show merch, by the way. Thank you to everyone uh, who's been buying up Rab Show merch like crazy. Um, <laughs> I did say last week there's a bit of a log jam in the system. Uh, yeah, that log jam's still there uh, because we simply weren't expecting such a large volume of orders. So thank you to everyone who's placing orders at the moment. You guys must be doing Christmas shopping or something in September, which is nuts. Uh, but yeah, loads of Rab Show hoods and all that good stuff all flying out the door. So thank you to everyone who's making purchases because every do- every purchase really does help support us here on the Rab Show. And plus, you get yourself some sweet Rab Show swag. So there you go. That's on the big where you can get all your merch. All right, now let's get into some actual <sighs> listener mail. We start each episode with listener mail, and this week is no different. Now, a lot of reaction came to our listener mail from last week's weekly drone, and this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted to know your guys' opinions, your voice, and the weekly drone seems to be doing that. Yes, last last week's Weekly Drone, we introduced the segment, and uh, it had a mixed reaction. Some people saying that the anonymous emailer uh, was particularly harsh on us on the Big Rab Show and said that, you know, the criticism was unwarranted and that their own personal experience is that sexism didn't exist. Those emails, I have to say, though, were few and far between. The majority of emails that we did get, however, were supporting the anonymous emailer, saying that the weekly drone this week was incredible. And I have to agree uh, with that, with all of you guys who were emailing in your support to say, yeah, Rab, that podcast you did on sexism was absolute balderdash and uh, you should really revisit the topic. And yes, we do plan to. Now, if anything, we've been planning this last number of weeks to try and revisit this topic again following the introduction of the weekly drone that we had last week. Now, what we found is that anyone that we approach to talk about this topic in the bagpiping world, they're incredibly reluctant to talk about it on the record. Now, whether there is the apparent fear that if they speak to a media outlet about a possible issue in the piping world, then they could be possibly blackballed by a potential judge or something like that, or maybe their band will take exception to them, saying such horrible things, you know, oh, yes, sexism does exist in the piping world, you know, and then possibly get booted out of their band as a result. We do know a lot of bands out there do have, like, social media policies and stuff like that. 
we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what we've come across is that a lot of uh, women in general that we have reach out, reached out to and tried to contact to talk on this topic uh, are all very reluctant to talk on the issue. Now, how are we going to address this? Because, essentially, it was addressed in the Weekly Drone last week that I am... A white middle-aged man and me making a podcast about sexism is completely foolish. And yeah, I honestly take my lumps on that and yeah, lesson learned, I think. But we want to make a podcast with the women from the piping world and let them tell their story. But whenever you try to reach out, it seems to be a lot of women out there in the piping world are very reluctant to talk on the topic. So... This is an open call to everyone of the female persuasion. If you want to or you can talk to us on The Big Rab Show about sexism or the apparent, either the lack of it or the prevalence of it, we want to hear from you guys and we want to invite you on to an up-and-coming episode of The Big Rab Show podcast to talk all about sexism in the bagpiping world. We want to know your views. Positive, negative, doesn't matter. We want to know your opinions, your views, because obviously our weekly drone segment from last week started a big stir. And uh, yeah, got a lot of you guys talking about the topic. A lot of guys actually really getting offended with what we said on the Sexism Podcast all those years ago. And yes, we do plan to revisit it. Yes, we will be doing another episode on it. But we need your voices on here. You know, rather than just sitting listening to me, why not bring someone else on who has an actual story to tell? And that's exactly what we want. We want you guys to get involved. So if you can, please do email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. That email address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Now, so that was pretty much it for Listener Mail this week. Uh, we did get an update about what's going on in Yuspaba, and yeah, that's obviously now it's coming up towards the end of the season and things are now starting to trail away. And a lot of cancellations still and all the rest ongoing, so thank you to Chris for sending that to you. Thank you, mate. Uh, but also, if you guys have any commentary at all on any other topic that we spoke about, then do get your emails in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Okay, now it's normally around this time where we would introduce our new segment called The Weekly Drone. And what are we going to be talking about this week? Uh, Well, I feel I should give you a little bit of context first of all. Uh, Just this past week, uh, weekend actually, myself personally, I posted on my own personal profile that I was missing the bands. Because I discovered a video of Inverarian District playing, I think it was The Worlds in 2017, and the guys were just playing a tune, and I, I don't know what it was, the, the set that they were playing, the way they played it, it just gave me the chills, and I thought, I have to share that and just tell folks, you know, I'm really missing the music, you know? And, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to share the music with people who were friends of mine personally. Uh, so it wasn't on the Rab Show page, it was on my own personal profile on social media. Well, what happened after that seemed to be nothing short of uh, confusion, uh, because a lot of people started commenting, including an RSPBA Northern Ireland official. And this guy is actually an employee of the RSPBA Northern Ireland branch and uh, is the development officer. And you guys know him well, of course. And on that post, he was basically telling everyone that we're not going to have a season in 2021. Now, this got everyone all sorts of concerned, thinking... Wow, is this an official statement from RSPBA Northern Ireland saying we're not getting a season next year? What's going on? So everyone was really concerned. 
my cell phone near blew up. It started buzzing off the table. It was crazy. Like, this was like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, my phone just started going nuts. So I woke up with a load of notifications saying, Rob, we're not getting a season. Look at this this statement here from an official. And uh, Right, what's going on? So I reached out to RSPBA Northern Ireland and I asked them, is this official? What's going on? Are we not getting a season next year? Because uh, here's one of your officers saying we're not getting a season next year. And then, uh, yeah, I got the notification saying, no, it's not official. That's from that own particular officer's own personal profile. And that's not the viewpoint of RSPBA Northern Ireland. That is his own personal viewpoint. And... In the interim, there was a lot of back and forward. There was a lot of like a tennis match between that particular officer and a certain trip that he had abroad to play pipes and stuff. And it all got very messy very quick. And then it seemed to suddenly just transform from an argument, a bit of a tennis match between this particular officer and a load of folks online to, uh, well, that's it. I'm retiring now. Yep, I'm stepping down from the role. Uh, see you all later. I've had enough of this. I'm away. Bye. And that was it. So I think at this stage, it's so safe enough for me to mention who that officer is. And you guys will probably know by this stage who it is. Ian Burrows of uh, the RSPBA Northern Ireland branch. Ian Burrows, of course, is the development officer for RSPBA Northern Ireland. And he used my social media post of Inverarian District playing a tune to announce that he was retiring, which honestly had all of us here in Northern Ireland completely baffled. (laughs) Thinking, what just happened? Ian came on social media and said, we're not getting a season next year, and then started an online row, and it was all sorts of comments. Uh, I think it was well over 100 at that stage, like all backwards and forwards and arguing with everyone, and then just saying, ah, I'm going to retire now. That's it. I felt so guilty because all I did was post a video of Inverary and then all this madness started. I really don't know where it all came from. But I can tell you something. Something really quite interesting came in because obviously we introduced this new segment to you guys just last week called the Weekly Drone. Well, yeah, we got a Weekly Drone for you this week on this very same topic. The Weekly Drone. We all remember the prominent bandsman getting suspended for speaking his mind, which led to the imposition of the RSPBA's social media policy. Right from the start, the policy was not implemented fairly. There have been at least a couple of other prominent players from top bands who seemingly can say what they like with impunity. But that's not really my drone, though it is social media focused. Ironically, the ones who seemingly don't understand social media are the RSPBA HQ themselves. Transparency? Easy. Post stuff that members need to know and want to read about. Or don't and have people use social media to ask questions which members haven't had the opportunity to voice due to the pandemic and then call the members morons and also say that non-members or ex-members have no right to an opinion. I mean, really? A while back, the association chairman seemingly forgot to switch out of the branch account 
when posting personal comments on association business. Neither is the kerfuffle this past weekend over comments by the soon-to-be ex-project officer of the Northern Ireland branch about contests or lack of in 2021. Seemingly he was posting a personal opinion, only there are two problems with that. Number one, he's in an organisational office posting about stuff relating directly to his own work. It's only natural people will take that as official. Think BBC Twitter accounts and impartiality. And number two, intertwined with the comments were posts about a trip to the Czech Republic, which, let's just say, raised more questions than answers. And cue a social media tennis match. Now I like tennis, and as a kid I was taught things like own up to your mistakes, stand up for yourself but with respect, and being questioned is an opportunity for truth to stand up. Sometimes we are proved right, sometimes we realise a mistake, we own it and move on. Disagreement need not mean disrespect. We've all got our big boy or girl pants on. So you'd think that grown-ups could handle criticism, especially when it's not aimed at them. But no, along came the snowflakes to take offence. Grow up. The whole thing overtook what was a great video. The various social media incidents shine a light on the fact that it's one rule for them and one rule for everyone else. More than that, I'm left wondering, does it shine a light on the siege mentality of the RSPBA's top brass? They seem to think that ex-members in particular are out to get them, and so rubbish comments by saying that their opinions don't count. Maybe as ex-members, they are now free to speak up about the pastime they love, while the members are still afraid of those repercussions on the grass. Something that you won't have to worry about in 2021 if the Northern Ireland branch project officer is correct. All in all, there are serious questions needing to be answered about the future of pipe bands, the least of which is a circle or concert formation. Right, I'm off to not complain about the plight of the Rohingya people in Burma, as I'm not Burmese, so my opinion doesn't count. The Weekly Drone and there you have it that is this week's weekly drone and yes quite a lot of points in there and like i said to give you that context that's where that came from that whole online tennis match is possibly the best description of it the whole back and forth between this um this guy and everyone else in the piping world just seemed to get really out of hand and i don't quite know where it all came from and yeah, the shock decision to suddenly say, well, that's it, I'm retiring now, uh, see us all later, I've had enough of this, uh, was all a bit of a shock. Now, myself personally, uh, I've worked alongside Ian Burroughs now for years, years and years it seems, and ourselves in the Big Rab Show, honestly, we've worked hand in hand with Ian Burroughs and the rest of the officials in RSPBA in Northern Ireland for quite a number of years. And I have to say, we've done so quite successfully. Uh, we have had our ups and downs, however. Not going to lie, it hasn't been all plain sailing, all sunshine and roses. Uh, but, um, you know, on the whole, it has been uh, an amicable relationship. So it is kind of difficult to, yeah, to say cheerio, you know. It's, yeah, just, I don't know. It is rough, I suppose. Whenever you heard this week's Weekly Drone... 
kind of drew my attention to, yeah, there is very much a siege mentality when it comes to RSPBA and social media. We have found recently on their own Facebook account, especially the Northern Ireland branch, that nothing from the Northern Ireland branch has been posted, really, at all, in months. And we think that's simply out of terror, uh, because if they post anything... Uh, it could be met with a volley of questions. And when you're met with questions, then you're kind of obliged to answer them, kind of. Or you could just do what headquarters does and just don't answer them. Uh, So, yeah, there is a siege mentality. There's very them and us, that kind of thing, especially when it comes to social media. And, yeah, there does appear to be, uh, I don't know, that's, I don't know, certain animosity between non-members of RSPBA. And, uh, you know, people here are no longer competing anymore. And, yeah, they do seem to think that their opinion no longer matters because they're no longer registered. So they shouldn't have an opinion, which, frankly, is wrong, in my opinion. So, yeah, you can take my opinion for what it's worth. And what's our catchphrase in this show right now? Draw your own conclusions. (laughs) Someone should still make that wee jingle for me. Draw your own conclusions. Boom, boom. Something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Anonymous Emailer, for your uh, weekly drone. Definitely food for thought. If you guys out there have any uh, thoughts or that or want to cause a discussion on the topic, of course, you can email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Do you have an opinion on our own association and their officials' use of social media? Hmm. Now, if you would like to help, uh, well, submit a weekly drone to ourselves on The Big Rab Show, a number of people did say that you can't do this anonymously because you have to email us and then we will have your email address, which obviously will be your name. And if you don't want your name associated with it, then why get an email? Well, we fixed that. We have now a new button and a new section on our website called The Weekly Drone where you can go and you can fill out the form. It's just a big empty space where you can type in your weekly drone and yeah it gets sent to us completely anonymous all you have to do is just hit issues hit click send and boom it hits our mailbox there's no names completely anonymous so yeah if you do have a story to tell or a particular complaint or maybe a positive story i think so far the weekly drone has been kind of (laughs) negative i was hoping that it was going to be a positive affair as well as negative uh but Clearly, it's a great opportunity to have a good old moan as well as a weekly drone. So, yeah, go and check it out. BigRabShow.com forward slash weekly drone. And, yeah, submit your story. What are your thoughts on the piping world? And like we said, it's unedited. We don't have a name attached to it. And, yeah, your thoughts, your feelings on what's going on in the bagpiping world will be brought to each episode on our new segment, Weekly Drone. So that's your best way to submit it to us completely anonymous. It's through our website, BigRabShow.com forward slash weekly drone for our new segment. There you are. Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. Okay, flying on. Now, I want to introduce you guys to a band. Well, I may well be introducing people to this, and a lot of you guys will already know who they are. I want to talk to Rora. Yes, the reason why I want to talk to them is because, well, recently they've dropped a new album called Live at the Old Fruit Market. Now, I do remember talking about this event a while ago when the guys were celebrating 10 years on the road. 10 years! 10 years on the road, which was simply ridiculous. So, yeah, they celebrated by having a huge concert at the Old Fruit Market in Glasgow with some big names in the piping game joining them. And, yeah, we spoke about it at the time. We told you guys to get tickets for it because 
we knew it was going to be epic. And yeah, we weren't wrong. And do you know what? I'm so glad the guys at Rora, Rora actually recorded this thing. And they honestly, guys, they have captured lightning in a bottle. If you haven't bought this album yet from Rora, you really are missing a trick because it's absolutely superb. Oh well, without further ado, I managed to get chatting to the fiddle player, actually, uh, from the guys from Rora, so I may as well introduce him to the podcast at this stage. So, welcome to the show, someone I'm really chuffed to talk to, Jack Smedley from Rora. How are you, Jackie? Well? I'm very well, yes. How are you? The very best. If a little starstruck, you'll have to forgive me if I'm stuttering a bit, uh, because you guys, it has to be fair to be said that you guys are absolutely huge in the folk and trad scene here in the UK. You're award-winning, and you guys have been going now for 10 years. I know, I can't believe that. That's, that's really, that's quite scary when people say that to us, yeah. I couldn't believe it myself. You know, obviously I knew you were dropping a new album, and we'll talk about that. But the new album was to help celebrate the decade on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm sure during that time you guys are bound to have some stories. Oh, one or two, one or two, but they're, they're probably not appropriate. <laughs> well, that's it. well. first of all, I want to talk about the whole creative process where you guys in the studio writing music for the first time. Now, us being a bagpiping show, we want to chat about bagpipes, of course, and Stephen is your piper. Do you work very closely with Stephen whenever you're creating melody lines and things like that? What is the creative process for Aurora? Well, as a band... Um, it's funny, I've been saying this in, in, a, in a number of interviews recently. We've Our most recent approach has been very, very collaborative. So, you know, maybe albums one, one and two, it was very much that thing of like we had a tune and we just sat down and kind of arranged it. Maybe more often than not, it wasn't a tune that we'd written. It would maybe be someone else's and things. So I kind of feel like we've had two sort of lives as a band now, and we're in a period at the minute where our creative process is very different in that, like I said earlier, it's really collaborative now. So there's sets that we play these days that maybe I've just had a kind of idea or Stephen's just had a melodic line or even Adam, our guitarist, um, has, has had a huge um, influence on a lot of the things we've done recently. Uh, but in terms of working with the pipes, um I think Stephen and I, our whole approach to arranging is is just to try and make as big a sound as we can with the four instruments we've got. And um, Stephen and I obviously have to work within the limitations of the pipes, you know, because yeah. you've got tuning things and... Um, there are certain grace notes or, or like phrases that on a fiddle are dead easy, but on pipes are um, really, really difficult and vice versa. So we're kind of always um, throwing those little uh, issues back and forth and then we'll settle on a version of a melody that, that works for both of us. Uh, and and that's, that's kind of how we go about it, I guess. Yeah, that, that's, if anything, it's really interesting you say that about creating a big sound. That's one thing you guys are really famous for. Obviously, pipes and fiddle is like bread and butter. You guys go together, you know, incredibly yeah. well. But it's the string arrangements. It's these huge, big soundscapes that you guys create. 
Is yeah. that something that you consciously sit and think, right, I want something that sounds epic here? Is that what you guys do? I think so. I think we've sort of stumbled into this place where, like, um, we, we try and... Yeah, like, In Praise of Home, our third album that we released in 2018, that, that was a big shift for us, you know, and it really... Um, it is very cinematic and there's um, bits of it are anthemic almost. And uh, yeah, we, we just, we just always try, like I've said, to make as big a sound as we can, but without being uh, sort of without forcing the issue, you know, I think, I think it would sound contrived if, if we went about it in certain ways, but I think we just always make sure that the melody has got at its core is good enough that you can build on it. And, and make a set a kind of a journey for people rather than um not that there's anything wrong with this at all but rather than put three four five tunes together in a set we always like to take one melody maybe two at the most and make a piece of music out of it if we can you know there you go and if anything jack can i ask you about one of my particular favorite tracks off that album you just mentioned uh, called lust uh-huh. and the way it builds from yeah. nothing it seems to be just a trickle, and then suddenly yeah. you're just wow, a wall of sound. Yeah. So, what was the creation of that track like? Well, that was um, that was David Foley, our flute and baran player. Um, he's he's a fantastic tune writer. He really, really is. Um, he's written a lot of great tunes for us and other folk over the years. Um, and that's one of his. And uh, I think by his own admission, it was just one of these ones that he sat down on the computer and just sort of plugged it into Sibelius one night, which is the <laughs> notation program that most of us use. Um, so it sort, sort of started out as computer music. Um, and then, yeah, we just took it and, and, and ran with it. And yeah, that, that's a cool, that's a cool set. I think when you're asking about like our creative process and the kind of sound that we try and make, I think a lot of the recent stuff actually came out of the studio on that last record in, in 2018. Um, because at that point, the band was sort of at a bit of a crossroads um, because that was our first ever instrumental uh, album, like exclusively instrumental and exclusively self-penned as well. So at that point, I think we didn't have much to lose in the sense that we thought, let's just throw everything at this and worry about how to play it live later and we'll see see what we're left with, you know. And, and I think that's kind of where we're at now. We 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 ended up um, really pushing our sound forward as much as we could and, and growing uh, the band, I think. Indeed. So, Jack, I have to say, I've seen you guys live too many times and you guys put on an incredible live show is that something that you actively work on entertaining your audience you did mention about taking us on a journey is that something that you guys really work on yeah i think it is it's definitely something we've worked on um especially in the past two or three years um i think we've reached a point in our careers and life as a band where we really appreciate the importance of um putting on a show you know and um ultimately no matter how how well a gig's going at our end whether the sound's terrible or whatever we've had a really long day and all the rest of it you have we i think these days we're 
very much about switching off and going, well, you know what, all these people have come to see us and they want to have a nice night. They could be catching up with pals or family, whatever. And um, and I think we're just at a point these days where we're able to consistently walk on stage and just switch everything else off and just do our job and, and make sure that we can um, put on a good night for everyone, you know. Um, and I think that's what we try and do time and time again. And you achieve it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's for sure. So I want to talk about the new album, uh, Live at the Old Fruit Market. Uh, I've recently just bought a copy of it. This thing is insane, man, can I just say. Um, If anything, what I really love about it is that you get to hear the crowd as well. Sometimes with live albums, you just hear the band. But no, one of the tracks on there, Mary, it's one of your big anthems. Yeah, but you can hear the crowd singing it the whole way through. <laughs> no, that that was that was really really emotional. That actually, I remember ripping my my ears, my my uh, monitors out my my ears at that point because I, I knew the crowd was singing along, but obviously I was just like super focused on the gig and stuff. And when we hit that set, I just uh, took my earplugs out and and just listened to them. It was it was a very very special night. Yeah, it was good. That's it. It's incredible. I think at this point, Jack will maybe drop in a little clip of Mary just to give her audience a bit of a clue as to what this album sounds like. just say and I, I'd see as part of this gig as well this was your celebration concert you also had a bunch of special guests joining you on stage you likes Ali Hutton Finley McDonald Adam Holmes of course joined you again as you just heard um, so what was it like on the night on that stage Jack in front of all those folks it honestly was it was just I, I it's so hard to describe the feeling it was it was just an amazing, amazing night, and um, the energy on the stage was—you could feel it. You know, it was like electric in the room almost. And and there was—I think we had about thirteen hundred people there or something on the night because it was the last night of Celtic. So yeah, it was a big show, and um, it just felt like everyone in the room, on stage and in the audience, was there just to celebrate with us. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I've never experienced a, a feeling like that on stage before. And, and you know, I, I could go 
a long, long time. We all could go a long, long time without feeling that sort of energy and that kind of uh, togetherness. Because it was like having all your best musical friends standing by your side. And, And the people that we'd chosen to work with on the gig, they were all people that some of them have had a huge influence on our careers as individuals. Some of the some of them have been in, involved in the band uh, in lots of ways over the years too. So uh, it was just just a, a beautiful a beautiful occasion. It really was. Yeah, and if anything, man, I have to say, what well, I'll tell you what my personal favorite track is on the album, and then I want you to tell me what yours is. Um, mine is "Weary Days." That's always been a special track for me. I don't know what it is. Like I could be coming home in the car from work after a crap day and I'd throw that track on and I'm singing my heart out out the window. I'm yeah. sure the guys next to me in the traffic lights think I'm lunatic. Yeah. Uh, but I think we should maybe play a little clip of my favourite and then if you could tell us your own particular favourite track. So here is Weary Days by Aurora. I'm so lucky for your kind of love And I always want to keep you warm like a lifeboat on a sinking ship Like a shelter from a raging storm Oh, you're making me a better man Oh, your love's gonna set me free Like the sand in the desert plain Like the salt in the rolling sea But when Days are done We'll be in some When these weary days When these days are through I'll be working my way still gives me you know the goosebump thing in the back of the neck that's, I'd love that so yeah. what about yourself Jack then what, what was your own particular favourite on this album um oh well that's a, really hard, that's a really hard question to answer <laughs> I think for me like 
so there's a moment, uh, there's a track on there called Horizons Part One. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of people might listen to and, and it's this, the slow one of the gig and all the rest of it. I don't know how exciting or not that would be for, for a lot of people. But I remember, uh, for me personally, when, when Stephen and I were playing that together, because Stephen jumps on the keys for that one, um, I had my eyes shut for ages and then looked up and uh, Ali Hutton, who had joined us for the gig, he had done the usual crack with getting the, the, the light on the phone. And I, yeah. I opened my eyes at one point and there was about, uh, there must have been about a thousand folk with their, their, the light on their phones doing that. And it was just, I, I mean, it was oh. it, it was amazing and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> so that, that was good fun. But um and, and that's a beautiful tune and it was really nice to to play that with Stephen, you know, and just kind of share share that moment, I guess. But um, because for us, we were there, we were standing on that stage celebrating not only 10 years of the band, but probably like around that period and any time we start talking about that, it's 10 years of our lives as well, you know. And we've all been through so much personally and together and all the rest of it in a, in a decade, you know, that it's, it's actually a really amazing thing you know it was quite an emotional sort of uh, moment to to uh, live through is, is celebrating and, and reminiscing like that and all the rest of it so that was really nice that was cool superb what a moment uh so jack i think if folks want to get a hold of this they need to go to your website was that rora.co.uk to go and grab copies of it yeah yep. there you are so by way of a shameless plug go and get the album folks you've been told Absolutely. Yeah. You, now, you have said about the your own personal growth through the band over the last 10 years, but us as fans, we've followed your journey along that. We feel that we've kind of grown along with you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, your music marks milestones in our own lives as folks listening to you. Like, whenever I first heard The Lasher, you know, I was courting at the time with my girlfriend, and she's now my wife, which is... <laughs> So have you found that, you know, as fans of you guys, you know, they go through the same sort of journey and changes as you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. I, I feel like in the past couple of years, I think that's when I've suddenly become aware. And I, I think the guys would agree with us. Like, that's when we've become much more aware of the fact that there are people that have followed our careers and have followed the band and and love what we do and I think when you're kind of younger and you're starting out you're maybe less aware of that and you're so focused on trying to get your band moving or your careers going and you worry about all the wrong things and then all of a sudden we're in a place these days where we genuinely just like going and playing and stuff and you become much more aware of the people around you and the people that do come to your shows and things and yeah we've had a lot of conversations with folk in the past couple of years like I say and 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 they know stuff about your gigs and your band and stuff and you're like geez you guys have actually like supported us in so many ways and, and enjoyed what we do for for a hell of a long time and and I mean there's a guy has lyrics to one of the songs tattooed I think someone recently called a baby Rura as well which um oh really is, uh, <laughs> wow incredible <laughs> it's incredible that so we better keep the band going for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was going to be my next question then. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic and lockdown, you guys haven't been able to gig this last while. But mm. what, what is the future for the band rolling forward? Well, um, 
hopefully uh, we will get round to another studio album in the next period of time. Um, Adam, our guitarist, is currently hiding in Halifax, Canada, and <laughs> has been through most of this as well. So, but he'll be back, um, I think, later in the year. And uh, from there, we'll we'll just start um, we'll just start getting a few irons in the fire again and seeing where we're at. I think we've all enjoyed actually taking our foot off the gas in a lot of ways, you know. Um, and uh, it's intense, you know. Ten years, you know, gigging and having to constantly be on that treadmill. It's actually been as as terrifying as the, our predicament is at times. There's also been kind of nice things about it so yeah. uh, hopefully in a few months we'll be kind of ready to go again and feeling rejuvenated so there you go and now obviously for ourselves in the rab show we're a bagpiping show and we know that you guys were on stage with scottish power pipe bands i have to ask you how did you find that experience with the mighty scottish power well it was brilliant yeah um i've i've been involved in three of those concerts now so is that the the kind of opening night of piping live or something, or is it a different? No, that was Wednesday in the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I okay. Mm-hmm. I, so I've I've been lucky to be part of a few of those concerts yeah. with, with different bands, and uh, I can't. I just can't believe how um, the the level of like production that goes into it and everything is is just it's like it's like a rock show almost. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a PA so big in the concert hall. The pipe band thing is incredible because for so many people to play so solidly together like that, and some of the arrangements are amazing too. So, yeah, it was a total pleasure to be asked to be part of that gig. And um, we've got friends, personal friends from uni days and stuff that are in the band and things too. So, uh, Really nice, really cool to be part of that and and uh, love to do something like that again in the future with them, definitely. Fantastic stuff. Well, Jack, I'll not, I'll not keep you any longer, mate, but I have to say thank you so much for taking time to chat to us here on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, I need to ask you some Rab Show staples before I let you go, though. Um, number one, what's your favourite cheese? My favourite cheese? Oh. Yeah. Have you got one? I like... Uh, a good sort of stilton or something like that. I'm one of those. Nice. Uh, not a bad selection. And uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I don't dislike it, but I'd say no. Say it's a no for me. There you go. I would agree with you. Yeah. And uh, Also, final question is, uh, have you got any really embarrassing moments? Like, What has been your most embarrassing moment so far? In my life. Well, in playing in general, I suppose, on on stage. <laughs> yeah, on stage. Do you know the 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 one story that always sticks with me is about maybe six or seven years ago uh, in a previous life, I uh, filled in for um, my then girlfriend. I had to go and do a last minute uh, gig um, through in Edinburgh. Because uh, she was unwell, and I uh, had just come out of a Rura rehearsal, and um, had been, and so my fiddle was tuned up into B flat for the for the pipe. The pipe, yeah. I visit Scotland, uh, kind of corporate event, and I battered it through to Edinburgh, 
and jumped on stage, literally jumped on stage with this band who had been told a set of tunes to play. They had the arrangement. I knew the tunes already anyway, and I started playing, and I was a semitone higher than them. (laughs) And I had to just just stop after about eight bars and pretend that that was my introduction. (laughs) And then... (laughs) shout down the microphone. I was like, hi, my name's Jack and I'm going to play some tunes and I'm like trying to bat him up. <laughs> oh, so bad. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so, Jack, I have to say, please pass on my best wishes to everyone in the band and uh, yeah, for anyone listening right now or watching this video, go and get this album. You'll not regret it. It definitely gets the big rap show's seal of approval. Okay. <laughs> So, well, yeah, we'll keep in touch, Jack. And, yeah, it says, hey, you know, any gigs in that coming up, definitely let us know, man. We'll be more than keen to go. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank Cheers, you man. very much. Thank you. <laughs> McClellan Bagpipes. From North American artisan bagpipe maker, Roddy McClellan. From Euston, Scotland, they adhere to the highest traditions of Scottish bagpipe making, using the finest materials, employing bespoke design, and committing to constant innovation and evolution including exciting new products such as the Elevation Chanter, plus restoration work on vintage bagpipes for the next generation. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. Wow, there you have it, Jack Smedley. Now, I have to be honest, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but through that interview, I was kind of a little bit starstruck. A little bit starstruck. I've been following Rorov now for years, and I'm a huge, huge fan. And to actually chat to one of the guys from the band like that, and just to ask them all about their process, uh, honestly, I was uh, rabbit in the headlights. So, yeah, apologies for seeming like a bit of a nervous Nelly, but honestly, it was a yeah a great opportunity to chat to the guys at Rorov. And so, yeah, guys, you need to get a copy of that album. Yeah, like you've just heard, there's some incredible music on there. So that does get the Big Rab Show seal of approval. No doubt. 100%. Big Rab Show. Seal of approval. The stamp is on it. You need to go and grab it. Live at the Old Fruit Market by Rora. It's a cracker. Honestly, it's a fantastic album. All right. Let's get into some actual bagpiping news then, shall we? Yes. Okay. Now, I have to give a shout this week to Sean Maloney. Now, we know Sean actually had his uh, book released there this year. Uh, So, well, yeah, he's now been composing again. As if he hasn't got enough tunes under his belt, he's now composing more. So yeah, he's had his book released there recently and we spoke to Sean all about the book and where to go and grab it. But now he's actually composed a new tune called The Happy Hornpipe. <laughs> uh, so he says and at the moment on social media, uh, he says uh, obviously with the pandemic and everything, everyone seems to be down in the mouth at the moment. So he wanted to compose a tune that would hopefully raise a smile on everyone's face. And it's called The Happy Hornpipe. So if you are interested, go and check it out. Sean has published it on his social media. Uh, just go and check him out. Sean Maloney. We have shared it out, of course, on the Rab Show Facebook page. And uh, Yeah, we think it's a cracking tune, actually. So shout out to Sean. Thank you, mate. Always good to get some new music in the middle of all of this madness. All right. I have to give a shout also to Ben Gibbs. Now, Ben was bored. He was sitting at home one day and... Uh, he decided to himself that he would play with his phone. Like most people do, he would scroll on Twitter or have a look at Facebook or Instagram or something. Well, Ben decided to play with the stopwatch. Now, I don't know if you guys managed to see this or not, but we shared it, of course, on the Rab Show Facebook page. It's called the Burl Challenge. 
where Ben would play a burl with his little finger on the start-stop button of a stopwatch and see just how quick he could play a burl. <laughs> I think he got it down to six one-hundredths of a second or something like that. I think his quickest was four. Uh, four one-hundredths of a second, something like that. And uh, yeah, we've had people such as Chris Armstrong. There's been a bunch of other people trying this challenge now playing a burl on their phone on the stopwatch to see just how quick they could play it so a lot of fun so a lot of people uploading uh you know like screenshots and stuff but um screenshots are okay but we actually need to see you doing it so ben actually uploaded a video of him doing this uh with his high score of uh four one hundredths of a second so he can go on the start button and go start stop and i would read zero 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 four so a lot of fun and if you are interested in taking up that challenge by the way if your burls are particularly good then go and check it out it's on the rab show facebook page right now and yeah send us in a video clip by the way yeah because yeah screenshots are cool and all but you could have just done it with your thumb or something yeah we need to see how quick your burl finger is you know how quick can that pinky fly (laughs) all right i'll give a shout this week to g1 reads these guys have been really busy by the way churning out the chantering goodness oh my god Absolutely incredible. We'll have to first of all give a shout to Lone Star Piper. Have you seen the G1 Red chanters that they're doing for the guys at Lone Star? Oh my god. These things are amazing. Obviously, they're the regular G1 chanters that you can get normally. But instead of the silver inlays, these have red inlays. And these look amazing. Now, these, I think, are made specifically for Lone Star Piper. So, you can't get them anywhere else. Uh, So, yeah, go to Lone Star Piper and look at their G1 lineup. And go and check out these red chanters, man. They just look amazing. Also, the guys at G1 sent out a shipment not too long ago to New Zealand. And we're not entirely sure which band they sent them to. uh, But the chanters themselves, obviously, there are the G1 Elite chanters. But they also have a fern design on the base of the chanter. And these things just look amazing. So not only can they sound incredible, they look incredible too. So for more information, of course, go and check out g1reads.com and their website and stuff. They've been uploading a lot of photographs of some of their design work that they've been doing recently on their current lineup of their elite chanters and all the rest. Honestly, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, it's a bit of a... It's kind of something similar to what the British Drum Co. do, you know, with their incredible finishes and stuff. Well, now the G1 guys are getting in on the act, and they're doing the same sort of thing to their chanter line. So it's really, really fun. So go and check that out from G1. Okay, I want to give a shout this week, actually, to another news story that dropped and some new music. Nice. This is one specific for Peabrook fans. Now, ah, 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 now, now, don't run away. Yes, I know, Peabrook's not for everyone. Uh, but this one... It's up there. It's one of my possible favourites. There's my honest favourite. It's probably the same as everyone else's. is Lament for the Children. But the all the other one would be up on my list would be the da- the Desperate Battle of Birds. Or the Desperate Battle of the Birds. Yeah. <laughs> I've always called it the Battle of Birds. I don't know why I dropped the the. Uh, but yeah, Roddy McLeod and Craig Murhead actually have recorded a version of this Peabrook. And actually features accompaniment on uh, piano and stuff. And it's just simply beautiful. I've never heard piping like it. And uh, 
Guys, for more information, go and check it out. It's on the Rab Show Facebook page right now where you can go and download copies of it. Of course, it's available on iTunes and Spotify, all that other usual stuff where you can get all your music and stuff. But this version of The Desperate Battle of the Birds, I've never heard this Peabrook played like this. And uh, I've heard it at Glymphitic many times before, but to hear it with accompaniment behind it, ooh... I always talk about goosebump material, and that this really gave me the chills this week. It was simply brilliant. So go and check that out. Roddy McLeod and Craig Murhead and their version of the Desperate Battle of the Birds. It's an incredible P-Rug now, and I haven't stopped listening to it. So fantastic stuff. Well done, guys. All right, here in Northern Ireland, we're starting to see announcements of various bands throughout the province who are getting support by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland. Now... For the longest time, the Arts Council of Northern Ireland have been holding on to their funds because, let's face it, not many events or concerts or things have been running for them to support. Well, in recent days and recent weeks, we've found that the Arts Council are now releasing funding to various different bands around the province. Not just pipe bands, but a lot of marching bands and that aside as well. Well, the Gigan Memorial Pipe Band... Uh, who used to be a competitive band, I think, and I remember back in the day, they've announced that they've got support by the Arts Council and they've managed to pub, or purchase nine Adante snares, nine or six Adante tenors and an Adante bass drum, and also four sets of Duncan McRae SL4 pipes. So it's great to see that pipe bands are, well, apparently taking advantage of this Arts Council funding and now purchasing new instruments. If anything, we were concerned for quite a while that bands obviously can't fundraise at the moment. So a lot of bands could be really financially hurting at the moment. So we would point you in the direction of Arts Council Northern Ireland. Uh, or if you have an equivalent in, in the UK, over there in Scotland, of course, you guys do have an equivalent. Uh, but as far as around the world internationally, I'm not sure uh, if you do have like an arts uh supporting people who <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about you know if you do have an equivalent and you can get funding for instruments and different things like that from different government bodies then definitely take advantage of it when you can uh, because i do think especially here in the uk that with the global pandemic and everything obviously finances are tight so it's good to see organizations like this reaching out and helping support people in the arts industry uh, when the arts industry is really suffering at the moment so yeah shout out to the gig and memorial well done, guys, and enjoy your new instruments. Can't wait to see you out there with them. Okay, now, flying on, I have to give a shout to Wispaba. They have announced their fall online championship. Yes, so registration opens on September the 21st, so it's open right now. And uh, for more information, of course, you can go and check out the Wispaba website. Full details up there on how to get your registration in, all your different categories, all that sort of stuff. It's all up there, so get it on the Wispaba website. Uh, registration closes on the 2nd of October, uh, so you have up until then to get your entries in. And uh, I think you're allowed one entry per event only. So that's very specific that I had to point out to you. One entry per category. There you are. <laughs> uh, so go and check that out. It's up on the Wisp of a website now if you are interested in taking part in their online championship. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Also, I have to mention, when you're talking about online championship, uh, there's another one. BagpipeLessons.com are now running their World Online Piping and Drumming Championships Fall Edition. And this had a lot of people wondering, is this going to be a real, you know, a seasonal thing? You know, it was spring, summer, autumn, winter, that kind of thing. Can we really call it a world championship then when you're running it every season? 
it's very odd. Uh, I had a lot of people wondering, um, didn't we just finish the last one and we're going again? Well, yeah, we're going again. Bagpipelessons.com, if you are interested. Full information's up there, of course. And you can take part again in the World Online Piping and Drumming Championships. Yeah, again, <laughs> it's up there. So, yeah, for more information, like I said, go check the website. All about your entries, how to get them in, all that good stuff. It's all up there on the website. Go and check it out. All right. Uh, ourselves here in the Big Rab Show, we have been looking forward to a little known event as the... Uh, it's only the Glenfiddich. Yay! The Glenfiddich Championship. And they have released details of how you guys can go and watch the Glenfiddich. And I'm all sorts of excited for it. But first of all, let's talk about who's playing at this year's Glenfiddich. Well, we have Finley Johnson, of course, Callum Beaumont, Jack Lee, Roddy McLeod, MBE, Angus McCall, Stuart Little, Ian Spears, Wally McCallum, Connor Sinclair, and Bruce Gandy. Oh, now, does that not read like a who's who of the bagpiping world? <laughs> Honestly, it does. It's the World Cup of solo piping for a reason. I'm so excited for this event. And now, apparently this uh, event will run behind closed doors at Blair Castle like we've expected. Uh, judges and a small technical team will be on hand on the day in Blair Castle. And the whole thing would adhere to strict COVID-19 risk assessment guidelines. And all of this has all been carried out. Similar to what was done for the Silver Chanter event and other Pipe and Live events that happened in August. So... The whole thing will be live-streamed online. Now, to read the statement verbatim for this, it says, To ensure a musically enhanced and faultless experience, all of the performances will be recorded live from Blair Castle and premiered online at 10 a.m. on Saturday the 31st. The stream will remain online for 24 hours after the event for viewers to re-watch. Yes, so we... Yeah, we now know that the event will not be streamed live. It will be recorded live. Now, that means then whenever you pay your money, you're not going to have to put up with the usual stuttering and sputtering and, oh, the sound's not great, the picture's all choppy. You're not going to have to put up with that because it's pre-recorded and the whole thing will be uploaded online for you to watch without any of that nonsense. So how do you get to see it then? Well, you need to go to the Piping Centre's website right now. Thepipingcentre.co.uk forward slash Glenfiddich. And the tickets are £15. Now, for 15 quid, you get access to the link that you need to click on at 10am on the 31st. And you'll have access to watch the entire thing start to finish. Fantastic. Now, they do know that people around the world will pay 15 quid and then they will hold... You know, a viewing party. They'll have like 15 people or something gathered around a big screen outdoors. We've seen it happen before. Um, so, yeah, people who are holding viewing parties, they do encourage you to perhaps pay for your ticket, your 15 quid or whatever. And then if you can, perhaps send them a small donation uh, through PayPal uh, to help support the event. Because obviously we have, you know, we've told you guys that they can't charge Entry, normally they would sell tickets for the event, and Blair Castle sells out every year. And that's how they sustain themselves, through ticket sales. This year, they are aware that people will pay 15 quid for a link, and then have about 20 people sitting around watching it. So those 20 people are all people who don't have to pay. (laughs) So they are asking for small donations, if you can. Not only if you can. So... 
Yeah, it's worth considering, folks. You know, definitely the Glymphitic is one of those events that we do not want to see fall by the wayside. Now, we do know that they have had various different concerns with sponsorships in the past. Uh, we, now, we now know that this year they're sponsored, sponsored by the William Grant & Son uh, Foundation, and that's fantastic to keep the thing afloat. Uh, but they are really heavily dependent on you know financial support from the fans, the piping fans who will be attending. So because people can't attend... Yeah, they're asking if you can to give them a small donation to help keep them afloat. So there you are. On the 31st, who will be watching the Glenfiddich? Me. That's for dang sure. I'll be there with a big cup of tea, 10 a.m. on the morning, tuning in to catch some Peabrook. I can't wait. All right. Now, speaking of Peabrook and solo piping in general, ourselves here on The Big Rab Show are really excited to announce that we are hosting the live stream for the New Zealand 2020 Young Piper of the Year. Yeah, we're dead excited for this, actually. So, yeah, Saturday the 3rd of October in New Zealand, starting at 9.30 a.m. in the morning, uh, New Zealand time. Yes, tune in and catch the New Zealand Young Piper of the Year Championships. Now, in the morning from 9.30, we think it's the Peabrook Championship where they take a break in the middle of the day and then they come back again around 7 p.m. where they have the light music, the likes of the Hornpipe and Jig and the MSR. Now, throughout all of this, the New Zealand Piper, Young Piper of the Year uh, social media account have been profiling all of the competitors. They've been telling everyone who's going to be competing and uh, who to look out for, where they come from, what band they play with. It's been fascinating. So ourselves in the Big Rab Show, we will be hosting the live stream on our Facebook page. So for those of you wanting to tune in and catch the action from New Zealand, then you will need to tune in to the Big Rab Show Facebook page. Now... I do know that us in the UK will be really keen to watch this, but the time difference is really difficult to figure out, even for ourselves on the Rab Show team who are trying to, yeah, live stream this. Um, so, yeah, I know the date on the flyer says Saturday the 3rd of October. Now, that means for us in the UK, it actually starts on the Friday. And it says 9am in the morning, which means for us, it would be maybe 9.30 at night on Friday for us. Very confusing. We'll maybe possibly update our advert <laughs> to let you guys in the UK know this. Uh, but yes, Saturday, 3rd of October in New Zealand, 9am, is the New Zealand 2020 Young Piper of the Year. And if you want to watch all the action, and let's face it, some of these pipers, man, will just melt your face. Alright, I'll tell you now, they will melt your face. Wait till you see some of the tunes that these kids are going to play, man. It's insane. And we're so stoked to be involved in this uh, and be able to present you guys with the live stream coverage of this event. It's just brilliant, you know, to see the competitions are still able to happen even through the middle of this pandemic nonsense. So, yeah, we can't wait to hear the music, see these kids play out of their skin and just play some amazing music. And yeah, we're very excited to be involved. So there you are. Go along. Big Rab Show on Facebook. And that's where all the action will be from the New Zealand Young Piper of the Year. I'm sure we'll possibly talk more about it on next week's podcast for you. All right. I want to give a shout actually to the Brisbane Boys College Pipe Band this week. uh, Because they have been involved in a, a little bit of an interesting project. They have been recording outdoors obviously because of the pandemic it's difficult to meet indoors and play tunes indoors so they've been playing outdoors and yeah they've took it upon themselves to create uh well 
a few recordings, 17 tracks in all. Uh, yeah, and we are very interested to see if this will be a possible release in the near future. So the Brisbane Boys College Pipe Band have been involved playing all sorts of different tunes. And uh, yeah, they uploaded a little clip to their social media over the weekend just to give us a little tease. Yeah, just to let us know just what the band have been up to. So it's brilliant to see these guys on the grass playing tunes and recording it for us as well. So all sorts of excited. So shout out to you guys at the Brisbane Boys College Pipe Band. Well done to you all. All right. Okay, I want to get into another news story. Yes, I'm sure you're all probably sick of news stories by now. But I told you it's a busy week in the piping world, boy. <laughs> it's been busy. Yeah, the RSPBA official headquarters published their latest round of minutes from their latest board of directors meeting which happened on the 5th of september now yep i'm gonna break out the old catchphrase draw your own conclusions (laughs) but honestly it is so worth a read it's fascinating these minutes themselves I i don't know if it's do you know what it feels like when you read these minutes? Is that it's not what they're telling you, it's what they're not telling you. Does that make sense? You know, you're honestly reading these minutes and saying, yep, yeah, that's a real fancy way of saying we spoke about this, but we're not telling you anything. It's very weird. Now, if anything, there's been something that I've picked up on here. And reading these minutes, they speak about various different organizations and that all around the world, all having online competitions and using non-RSPBA judges. And uh, yeah, but how this could be undermining uh, the RSPBA judging system. And there's a lot of discussion about that. And it's all recorded in the minutes. And it does make for an interesting read about why RSPBA have decided not to run any online competitions. They talk about different, you know, difficulties with technology, about, you know, people recording things on really expensive hardware and others maybe recording stuff on their cell phone and you know does that put them at a disadvantage and all this sort of stuff it's very interesting actually so well worth looking at but also in there is a a little bit of a nugget that i think ourselves in the rab show have spotted and um it's about fees Now, we're not going to read it to you. We do want you guys to go and check it out for yourselves. But there was a bit of discussion about what they were going to do with fees this incoming year. Now, it was said on the minutes that the 2020-21 band registration fees, they will be needed to cover some of the administration costs and governance costs between the months of November and April 2021. Now, we'd said this on the podcast that that's probably what they will do. So, the decision was made that they will charge bands a registration fee for next year. Now, we did report this at the time that you won't be getting a refund for this past year. Even though there wasn't a season, uh, tough guys, your money has been spent, it's gone. And we need you to pay again for next year. Uh, Yes, we don't know if we have a season or not, but we need you to pay your registration fee. Okay. (laughs) And now I am kind of summarizing big time big time i'm summarizing but yeah go and have a read at those minutes yourselves guys and draw your own conclusions it's a fascinating read i'll give it that and the language that's used in these minutes is uh it's nearly an art form i'll I'll put it down to an art form at this point it's it's the use of language to say everything but say nothing if that makes any sense at all Um, I don't have a very good command of the English language and literature and all of that, but I do know 
to a degree when I'm being hoodwinked. And I think there's more detail in the non-detail, if that makes any sense. That does encourage you to read between the lines and draw your own conclusions. <laughs> All right, well... Yeah, now I've dropped that bombshell. You can go and do your homework, have a read at it. Honestly, it is fascinating stuff because it does preclude as to what we're going to be doing next season. They do talk about, you know, the financial problems, the possible adjustments and various different gradings and all the rest. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff. Okay. I have to talk about the Big Rab Show Awards. I have to remind you guys, uh, we are actually still getting nominations in for all of our categories, so thank you everyone. But I just wanted to mention it on this week's podcast that the closing date for nominations is the 26th. So that's this weekend. Yeah, so depending on when you're listening to this podcast, of course, the date may well already be behind you. But the closing date for nominations is the 26th of September. So just to remind you what our categories are, We have the best online band performance. We have the best online solo competition, of which there's been a lot of them. Uh, We have best new music or collection. That's a new one. Best new music book or collection, sorry. Uh, We have best new product or innovation. Now, that's a really interesting category, actually, with a lot of pretty cool nominations in there. We also have, of course, the old staple, the Big Rap Show Best Beard Award. (laughs) best beard uh let's just say this one will be quite hard fought this year yeah a lot of nominations coming in for that also we have best social media as well yep and a lot of great social media accounts getting nominations here so very cool also we have most emotional moment of which i think 2020 there's been quite a few of them yeah also, we have the Big Rab Show Legend Award as well. Now, if you do know a particular legend out there or someone that you just believe is a legend, then definitely worth your nomination. Your nominations should come into us. BigRabShow at gmail.com is our email address, and they need to be in with us before the 26th of September. That's the cutoff date, and no doubt next week we'll be announcing our finalists and all of those and how you guys can go and vote for your favourite. There you go. Rab Show Awards Pandemic Edition. Get your nominations in, folks. All right. Now, I have to give a special mention to the 2021 semi-finalists of the BBC Young Scots Traditional Musician of the Year Award. Which is a bit of a mouthful. But yeah, there's quite a number of bagpipers represented this year in the semi-finalists. So shout out has to go to Bradley Parker. Go on, Bradley! What a legend. Yes, he gets a nomination. Shout out goes to Chris Gray as well, of course, from Inverary. He's piano player, whistle player and bagpiper. We also have John Dew, who we'll be chatting to in a minute or two. Uh, actually, the interview we recorded with John was actually before he received his nomination for the semi-finalists. Uh, so, um... Uh, yeah, so maybe we should have talked to him after he made it through to the semi-finals. But hey, there we go. So before <laughs> before John knew that he was in the semi-final, we chatted to him. And that's this week's podcast. Uh, so congratulations to John Dew, uh, to Bradley Parker and to Chris Gray, representing all pipers in the piping world. That's three bagpipers in there, man. And normally it's full of fiddle players, whistle players, harpists and singers. It's great to see three pipers in there. That's fantastic stuff. So we wish you as well, guys. And we'll be following with interest, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll be tracking your progress. And if anything, we'll be chatting to John Dew in a minute or two. Yeah. There you are. Now, I have to mention something that I keep getting tagged in online. All right. There's two things that I keep getting tagged in online. One of them is the Indian Police uh, Championships 
which are absolute madness. If you haven't seen those, they're insane. And there seem to be so many different Indian police forces. And they have their own Indian police force pipe band championship. And it's truly an experience. And I have been tagged in so many of those videos now. It's nearly getting ridiculous. Uh, So I'll say that I'm not a fan of Indian police pipe bands. I've seen one or two that I thought, oh, that's quite good, actually. You'll never take talent to do that, what they're doing. Uh, But... No, I can't say I'm a fan of it. And I love all piping, and that would take quite a bit to put me off. But, yeah, that puts me off. And for some reason, a lot of people always seem to tag me in it and go, Oh, Rob, check this out. Isn't this class? No. No, it's not. Also, another thing that I keep getting tagged in is uh, the Snake Charmer. Now, I'm sure everyone's going to be laughing their head off right now. Have you seen this post that they put in social media recently? The final countdown, the bagpipe version. Oh my god. Yeah, I keep getting tagged in this absolute mess. And uh, sorry guys, I cannot say for the life of me that I am a fan of this. Uh, The final countdown. It is absolutely horrendous. And uh, the reason why it's horrendous, I feel, is because these bagpipers aren't playing bagpipes they're playing electronic pipes that are tuned to a key where they can play along with guitars bass and drums and all of that and i understand that i think the reason why i hate it so much is because of what it represents it's throwing themselves out there saying hey this is bagpipes guys we could play rock and roll like you know countdown final countdown and um no no because the piping on this itself isn't piping. It's quite horrible. Um, you know, sit me down to a Fiddler's Rally or Pumpkin's Fancy or get me a blistering hornpipe of some description. But sit me down to the final countdown and tell me that's piping. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, and the the scary thing about this is that I've been tagged in this video so many times now. And I've been able to track its progress. I've seen it go from like a couple of hundred views up into the millions of views. And it's also, you can buy the track, you can buy the MP3 of it on Google Music, Spotify, uh, iTunes. You can buy this and download it and listen to it. Why? So, hey, do you know, fair play to the Snake Charmer and to everyone else who's involved in that video. I think there was nine pipers or something like that who was involved in it all together fair play to you guys you've made your money you've become a bit of a online viral sensation for people who don't know what bagpiping is people have asked me about my opinion on this is hey, what do you think of this rob isn't this awesome like, no not really uh in my own opinion uh, mm, no <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say uh so the snake charmer I kind of respect what you're doing because you're making them a lot of money doing what you're doing. And uh, But as far as representing the bagpiping world in any shape or fashion, I can't really support what you're doing because it's not really... not good. Like, It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the best I can do without swearing. Okay, leave me alone. It's a family-friendly show. Uh, So, yeah, please stop tagging me in that nonsense and saying, Hey, Rob, don't you love this? No, no, I don't. 
it's yeah it's quite horrible so yeah don't go and check it out it's quite awful don't go and watch it i'll tell you now yeah just don't all right flying on i have to mention a big shout out this week to Stephen shedden Stephen's actually been really quite busy on his uh, Shed Drum uh, social media account. He's been drumming away like a champion, uh, playing all sorts of incredibly intricate and fancy patterns and stuff. Very, very fun. However, it's a little bit off-putting because in a lot of them, Stephen is playing without a shirt. uh, Or at least a very, very small tank top with his huge muscles. Uh, So, Stephen, uh, put a shirt on, lad. But, yeah, your drumming's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, I'm joking. The, the drumming videos you've been churning out on the Shed Drum account this last while, Stephen, have been absolutely brilliant, so keep them coming, mate. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely one for the ladies as well. You know, if you like to see a guy who's a bit muscle-bound, you know, uh, go and check out Stephen, because he's ripped at the minute, man. I don't know, he must be working out like a champion. And then in between workout sessions, he's practicing. So <laughs> there you go. Fair play to you, Stephen. You're putting me to shame, man. I'm just, you know, working beside my fridge every day and chewing down... Uh, bars of penguin and dairy milk like in Egypt. But there you go. You know, we all have our challenges. <sighs> Grant, <laughs> well done, Stephen. So go and check that out. Shed Drum on social media uh, for a ton of great drumming videos there for Stephen Shedden. Awesome stuff. All right, before we get into the topic of the week, I also have to give a mention to the city of Chicago, Pipe Band. Go on, city of Chicago! Now, the reason why I'm giving you a mention is because you guys actually have been doing some outdoor practices late at night. Yeah, and yeah, you've been uploading little video clips and stuff, and I just want to say thank you, uh, because I think you actually uploaded the latter half of your medley performance, and yeah, it's brilliant, it's like you guys have never been apart through all of this, it's like you've been practicing together the whole way throughout all of this, so yeah, brilliant to see you guys still producing music, so if you are interested... And you're a fan of the City of Chicago Pipe Band, go and check that out. They've uploaded that on their social media, and it's definitely worth a listen. The guys definitely sound sweet. Now, I have to mention also there's been a new release in the music book scene by Andrew Lawson. Andrew Lawson, of course, lead tipper of the Mighty Shots and Dykehead. And we did mention this on last week's podcast that he was releasing a new book of drum scores all from the concert Rise. Now... On this, which makes it kind of interesting, there is a pay-as-you-feel model. So there isn't a set price on the book. There's just basically a donation button, and you can pay anything from a pound up to a million pounds if you want. So, yeah, for more information, of course, go to andrewlawson.me, and you can go and have a look at his new ebook. Now, there's been all sorts of content that Andrew's been producing, like YouTube videos, instructionals and stuff, all based on the book. So it's definitely worth looking at for drummers, uh, you know, who are wanting to push their technique or possibly just, you know, yeah, start playing along the scores along with the Rise CD. So definitely worth looking at. Hopefully we will get Andrew on the show and he'll chat to us all about the book and how it all started and all of that. So... Yeah, if Andrew's listening, we'll hopefully get you on the show, mate, and we'll have to chat to you about this new book. But for more information, of course, and you want to go and check it out now, go and have a look at andrewlawson.me. There you are. 52 drum scores and all, I think someone had told me. 52 scores, and they also include the Shots fanfare that was included in the Pre-Worlds concert back then in 2017. So there you are. Well worth checking out. Okay. Well, it's at this point of the show that, uh, yeah, we would normally... And yeah, I think I should at this point. It's time for a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com 
serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you with a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. The British Drum Company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range. Launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBE. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Yes, indeed. It's time for Topic of the Week. And I tell you what, that cup of tea went down like nectar. <laughs> if anything, I think I got who was it? I think it was Andrew. Andrew, I think, had contacted me and asked me just how do you make a cup of tea here? Now it's very specific now, and I'm I'm going to get into the nitty gritty when it when it comes to making tea because I am a bit of a connoisseur. You know, you have to get your mug, then you drop the tea bag in, then you add the water, you throw a lock of sugar in there, and you let it sit for a bit. You don't touch it, you don't stir it, you don't squeeze the bag, you don't do nothing weird with it. Then you shake the bag out. You throw the bag in the bin, give it a wee stir, We drop of milk, class. Class! Couldn't beat it, so that's how I took my tea. There you go. All right. <laughs> Why am I talking about tea? Right, you guys have tuned in this week because of our featured artist who d- decided to stop by and have a chat with us. Of course, now that we know at this stage, he's now a semi-finalist in the Young, young Scots Trad Musician of the Year. Wow. Yeah, now, this interview was actually recorded before we knew this, so we weren't actually referring to anything to do with the awards, unfortunately, so we missed the boat there. But we do manage to get chatting to John all about his new upcoming EP and his announcement that he made on our Beer Tent event. So, yeah, without further ado, let's introduce John Dew to the podcast. So, welcome to the show, Mr. John Dew. How are you, John? Very well, thanks, Rob. How you doing? <laughs> the best, man. The best. And if anything, we have you back on the Big Rab Show. You've been on before as part of our beer tent event not too long ago. How did you find that? Awesome. <laughs> it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, yeah, it's just something completely different, but it, it just kind of kept moving on and on and on. Like, as in, like, it, it rolled on really nicely to the next yeah. 
it was just a snap it, like a snippet of everything. Um, and it flew by. It totally just flew by. It it, yeah, I couldn't believe how quick it went, if I'm honest. You know, that we were on air for like two, nearly three hours, I think, and the whole thing passed in a flash. It was great. Yeah. Um, but yes, on the Beer Tent event, we were chatting to you all about your own playing, your involvement with the Conservatoire and all the rest. And of course, you're playing with Inverarian District, but we didn't really get into the, the nitty gritty of it, John. You know, we just kind of skimmed over a lot of stuff. So we actually got some uh, listener questions that were sent in uh, for folks who want to ask questions. Well, number one on the list was your announcement that you made on the Beer Tent about your new release that's coming out. Tell us a bit more about that, John. Well, um, I'm basically just trying to get, get more of my music out there, but trying to actually sell it a bit more. Yeah. And um, it's it's a five-track EP. A lot of often, or like a lot of artists start out. It's pretty common to start with an EP. You use that to try and generate a bit of income to try and release an album. Yeah. Um, Connor Sinclair's band Nos did that. Um, they did a couple of singles, EP, and, uh, and then they've done one album. They're working on the other album, that kind of thing. So I'm just trying to get the ball rolling that way to try and launch like launch my uh, playing career mm-hmm. and um, so that and uh, that um five track ep uh it's three tracks of pipes three tracks of whistles but um for me personally um i'm absolutely obsessed with uh, harmony and counterpoint it's something i've studied a lot at school is um mm. counterpoint figure figure bass factorals absolutely obsessed with it i'm obsessed with it to the same point that most pipe majors are obsessed with sound I'll see. Oh, that's bad then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I just, yeah, I just, I think about it a lot. Anyway, so um, three out of the five tracks are multi tracked instruments. Um, so two, two multi track whistle tracks and a multi track pipe track. And it, it kind of just looks at a bit more about uh, polyphonic textures as well as, um, you know, pipe band influence textures, but um, just kind of. <clears throat> all sorts and it, it kind of a lot of it, a lot of what I learned but I think everything I did on that um, there was nothing I learned or did on that album that I didn't learn at the conservatory right, there you go yeah yeah so I take it that from your time at the conservatory well you're still there now actually um, you're Just, drawing a lot from that and bringing it to your own plan but I'm right in saying that oh yeah absolutely I mean like it's it's an ama- an absolutely amazing place to be. There's all like literally any kind of music or performing arts. It's there, and you get to see. I mean, the, the, like there's concerts, like loads of concerts every week, and they're of the next generation of musicians. So they're going to be pretty good. A lot of these guys they work really hard. So, like. And then as a student, you get the ticket for free. So you're, you're kind of an idiot for not going to some of these things. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not just folk music It's like that I went to. like um, There's a lot of classical. My girlfriend's a classical violinist. Um, so she, she tells me which pieces to go and listen to, which is great. Um, a fantastic brass section. Um, uh, there's just so much, but there's also just so many uh, teachers there, like the tutors there are all people that are currently in the scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. And what, one guy that kind of springs to mind is a guy called Greg Lawson, who is a fiddle player. Um, he, yeah, he, he writes and arranges. He used to be in all the, all the orchestras. Then he, <clears throat> like, is now having a career as a freelance musician. And um, some of the stuff 
he can teach, he's taught us on the force, out with the force, things like that. It's just like mind blowing. And then there's also Hamish Napier, who uh, is again really good at teaching the harmony. He's just, uh, oh, the list just goes on, honestly. And um, you, you just learn something something new every day. And, and even you've got your specialists as well, like William Callum and Finn McDonald, that are like getting your playing technique and stuff superb but then you go you leave the piping center you go across the road and you listen to a concert of something that you just would never thought of listening to before and yeah it's just incredible like the, the stuff that's available um so yeah if anything we were chatting to danny uh danny from shots of course and he was telling us all about the conservatoire and just how much it meant to him if anything, the message I'm getting from students who go to the conservatoire is just, it's not all piping. Like, no. it's everything else. And then you bring that to your piping. Would that be right? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, absolutely. But on the flip side, if you wanted to go there and do nothing but Peter, totally <laughs> honestly, like, there's scope for everything. I mean, like, if you look at what Danny, like, what Danny was talking about, like, he did a lot of piping, he did a lot of folky stuff. He did, he did everything. Yeah. Uh, we all do. Um, then you get someone like Kieran, uh, who did a lot of teaching, or spit, like did did a lot of that, but mm-hmm. did everything else as well. So we all do it all, and then specialize in, or not specialize, but we all like have our separate interests. Yeah, your own focus, really. Yeah, yeah essentially. But um, it's it's so important to do as much as we can. And I remember all three of us did um, played in. Uh, an orchestral suite in first year and actually the three of us did um, like we had a trio set on on stage we were, it was basically the Alan McDonald's brothers fan, fanfare if you like type fanfare um, mm-hmm. that we, we did, we did our own version of it which yeah and um, yeah like I don't think a year in we would have thought we'd have the opportunity to play with an orchestra in the, in the concert hall, so the, all the opportunities are there, and all the teachers will give you all all the information you need. Um, you yeah, yeah, it's an incredible place. That sounds fantastic. But John, can I ask you then about your own playing? Then, how did you get your start? What was the inspiration for you to lift the instrument in the first place? Well, um, is that I mean, a difficult question. I just, I've just always liked pipe bands. I mean, not, not in like any serious way, just, you know, uh, I just remember being in the house and every now and again there would be a parade or there'd be games day and uh, I'm from Creef and uh, they always do a really good games day in Creef. Yeah. Um, and I think just from an early age, you know, my parents liked the sound of, the, of pipe bands, so they would go and listen and we would listen and I, re- I just always really liked it. And then um, I was really lucky to go to a school that had good music tuition. And um, I tried a couple of instruments. And then one day I was like, should I try the pipes? And mum signed me up for lessons. And uh, I think I could honestly say from day one, I've enjoyed it. I'm not really looking back. And now, now I couldn't think of my life without piping at all. There you go. Um, yeah. And the teaching, teaching there, it was Anne Spaulding that taught, taught me initially. And mm-hmm. uh, she was an outstanding teacher. Like I, did, like, I don't know how... Yeah, she was a really, really good teacher, really, but, like, pretty hard teacher. I mean, <laughs> it was pretty hard to impress. Um, 
not easily pleased, but she, like, she, like, sorry, I can't swear, but a really good teacher. I mean, like, there's yeah. a lot of kids that she got onto Peebra when all they wanted to do was either play rugby or, <laughs> or do all these sports, but yeah. she to get them as far as Peebra, and, like, you know, it just goes to show, you know, we, we went to a junior competition, it was the Vale of Apple competition, and uh, I was just chatting away to her, and she would just look down the list, and she'd go, taught him, taught him, taught him, taught him, and they were all under-18 people. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And yeah, I think the, the, the thing that she taught really well was, uh, she made the technique really simple. And she mm -hmm. taught you good technique and make sure, made sure it was all open and everything. And like, you know, when you get that foundation right, everything else becomes a lot easier. So she got that right without all of her pupils. There you go. If anything, it's it's a name that we hear quite often on the show is Anne Anne Spalding. Yeah. I think another podcast actually, the Up to the Line Pipe Band podcast, may have had an interview with her. Oh, Chatted yeah. all all about her approach to tuition and all yeah. of that. So yeah, but that's an incredible start for you, John. Yeah. So oh, how absolutely. how did you get then from bare bone basic beginner then to playing with current world champions then with Inverary? How did that happen? Uh, well, we went. We started going to the. I found out what the World Pipe Band Championships was. Um, the first time I went was 2008, which about you know, six months later I learned how special that world was. Yeah. Because of the SFU medley. Um, and then we went back a couple of years later and we watched it. And I kind of progressed and I was listening to a couple other, like, kind of folky pipers. I was found, found pipers online, like, on YouTube and stuff. I was just yeah. been away, really interested in it, and then I went back to the Wilds and watched the Grade One, and I just sat there going, "I just want to, just want to play there." <laughs> so, and then I think um, a year later, I went to secondary school, and it was Jenny Hutchin that was teaching at the time, and I just kind of went all pipe band geek on her, and we just like asked her like, like all these questions. Did you go to the Wilds? Yes, I was judging at it. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I don't know what we're dealing with, um, and yeah, she just kind of. Uh, it was a it was a school band that uh, had it. Well, I, I don't know how best it, it. It had like a separate ring of competitions outside the RSPBA. So we were mm -hmm. learning from MSR and a medley, and yeah. the fact that I was doing that just kind of I don't know. I, like I was just so ready to start playing that kind of pipe band repertoire. And then mm -hmm. she retired, and then a guy called Tammy Drummond started teaching at the school, and uh, he just progressed progressed me even further in four years or something you just took me further and further and further and you just taught me everything or like yeah in four years of tuition and every single lesson there was something new to be learned whether that was pipe bands or mm. like he introduced me to people like Dive and Fred Morrison and Death Shepherd and old pipe band albums as well and I just listened I, I think I just listened to a lot and then yeah. just did to play a lot and then Followed the books and like R.S. McDonald's book and Ryan Canning's book and these kind of things. And he, he basically got any standard that was starting to get prizes in junior contests. And then mm -hmm. I uh, went to the Inverary junior contest and Dewey Campbell was judging Hornpipe and Jig. And um, and then a couple couple of days after the contest, um, he got in touch with Cameron Drummond and arranged an audition. So I think it was just a case of just in starting to enjoy the playing and being taught how, like, wasn't just being taught how to get my Dublin's better, but it was how to practice well for a competition. It yeah. was listening to 
<clears throat> to Gordon Duncan a lot and R.S. McDonald and more pipe bands and just like I was just really enthusiastic about it and I was just so lucky to have a teacher that was able to like give me all this information uh, and and like look at all these resources and stuff and um, just tell me a lot more. So if anything, you had a huge, well, if anything, a great foundation before you even thought about going near such a, a top flight band, really. So by the time you got your audition and everything, you were already playing incredibly well because of all of your foundation work you've had before that. Yeah, the situation was great. And also, um, I was playing in a really good grade three band, uh, the Vale of Apple grade three. So it was nice to think that if I was playing in that band, then maybe I'd get a step up to up to grade one and I, I honestly didn't know um, how long it would how long it takes for someone to get to you know top six or top three standard mm. of playing so I was kind of in the short run or the short the first kind of goal before thinking about getting winning the world was just to get in the park or to get to get in that arena that was my aim just to get in there to start yeah. with, yeah, yeah. And that was so when I when I found out that the Vale were looking for pipers, and so I, I joined them, and I thought, right, well, if I stick with these guys for a couple of years, I'll maybe get in that grade one band, and then then I'll be playing in the arena, and then then I was thinking, well, how can I progress? But then, luckily, um, I got the audition for Inverary, and uh, yeah, just that was my focus for a while, was just trying to get was making sure I got that audition right, um, mm-hmm. and that. Vale Green 3 band, shout out to any of them that are listening that. Oh, it's just it's just amazing. That was an amazing two seasons with them. Um, yeah. Just a great, great bunch of people. It's awesome. Really oh, cool. they are indeed. Yep, shout out to them. You. Definitely. So, John, then, as well as competitive playing and your involvement with Inverary, Lifting World Championships and all of that, I want to talk to you about composition and your actual creative if you know what I mean. Your creative music and having this new release of this EP and everything, but that's not all that you're creating. Um, do you want to tell us what else that you've been composing at this last while? Uh, yeah, so um, with the lockdown, I've just decided, well, other than getting my degree, <laughs> uh, I've just been trying to write a lot. And I, did, I actually did A-level music at school, and when I did GCSE, I just wrote loads of bagpipe music for composition and they were like yeah yeah that's good and I got a good grade and whatnot got to A level and I was like yeah I'm planning on just doing that again and they were like no <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> so you had to you had to write in a in a particular style which the kind of quickest and fastest route would have been writing in a classical style if you like so okay. I did a, yeah. I, I wrote I wrote a piece of music that was all all classical all classical influences mm-hmm. and um it was it was about uh, it basically had to tell a story, and this, the theme for that year was a river. So you had to kind of like depict notions of a river through music, which wow. I found really challenging at the time, but it was great, yeah. it was really good fun. And then we had a concert where it was all done in Sibelius, and we had a concert where we had to where those pieces were shown just on Sibelius, like I don't know, on on a projector with some uh, speakers, and it was, it was a really good concert. But my teacher mm-hmm. said, why don't you try and find excuse me, images of rivers to kind of help narrate the story. So yeah. um, so I did that, and that was, like, so much fun. I spent, like, three or four hours just trying to put that kind of slideshow together and kind mm-hmm. of explaining this is this depicts this, this depicts this, whatever. 
And um, I remember my teacher hammering me saying like, this module is so hard, you can't get like, it's like nearly impossible to do well. You'll all be lucky if you pass. And I actually <laughs> got the results two days before the Worlds. And he was like, yes, yeah, it is physically impossible to get 100%. <laughs> and I was like, great, okay. But before that all happened, that's when I kind of started getting interested in film music. I started listening a lot to John Williams, Bernstein, uh, Hans Zimmer, Howard Shore, um, Carter Burrell, uh, all these kind of big names and just listen to the kind of music they were doing. Then I got the result through and unfortunately for my teacher, I got 100%. So that wow. totally, that, totally <laughs> like, that rocketed me to think, that totally boosted my confidence and I was like, I can totally go down this avenue. And of course, yeah. So I kind of, um, I applied to the ICS obviously, but in that kind of time, you know, that kind of winter post-Worlds 2015, I was really thinking about how I can become a, like, a composer full time, and uh, so that and then I kind of like just wanted to get into writing uh, film music, but combining that with the Scottish element. Wow! So what you're yeah. And about the classical music and trying to fuse them in whatever whatever kind of means. But yeah. the main thing I really wanted to aim for was uh, writing film music. And in second year at uni, I was like just the right place at the right time, there was a, um, a graduate short film being made um, as part of their degree, and it was based in Scotland, and uh, they were looking for a composer to write like, thir- like 90 seconds, so I, I saw it, and I wrote the 90 seconds, and I watched the rest of the film, and I was kind of like, the music's okay, but <laughs> if I'm going to be really critical, I think it could be better, so I wrote the thing that I sent you, yeah. and I sent it to them, and they said, that's that's amazing would you like to do the whole film and i said yes absolutely and like it was a match made in heaven because it was totally the the kind of niche of music that i wanted to write for wow fantastic so what i've been working on a lot now is in the last couple of years is just looking at ways to write to kind of fuse uh classical idioms with folk music um and it's it's nothing that's it's not it's not brand new. It's been done. It's been done, but um, I'd like to see it being done more, if that makes sense. There you um, go. So I think, if anything, then for the folks listening right now, John, you've actually sent us a clip there that you were chatting about. So I think at this point, we should really just have a listen to it. Thank you. 
There you have it there. So that was absolutely amazing. I have to say, I've been listening to that on a bit of a loop since you sent me that, John. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic because you could just kind of shut your eyes and it takes you on a, you know, it takes you to a different place. I don't know. Do you want to tell us about that track, what we just listened to there? So, yeah, I don't think I could have written that track if it wasn't for going to the RCS because, and like, like I say, you don't just learn about um, orchestration or um, or like your own studying and stuff or, like, I don't know, um, a bit more about harmony and getting to know the players. You, well, firstly, you, you meet people that are interested in it in the same things as you. So luckily I was able to get um, a full ensemble to play that live. So that was live. All the musicians are there to wow. play that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And you, you end up networking, but also... Because you're because you're surrounded by people in the same uh, kind of field and, and are interested in the same things, you all kind of talk about the people you're listening to. And uh, that track was inspired by a band called Dreamers Circus, which are, are a trio from Scandinavia. And um, I mean, if you thought that was good, you should listen to these guys because what I did there, they'll do that. But times ten, they won't seriously put you. Wow! You know, I'll like, have to listen to that now. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you What do you call them again? Dreamers Circus. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Around, but they're they're amazing. So, again, if you listen, if you're listening to good, if you're listening to good music, all the time, and you're inspired by it, you kind of aspire to play like that, you know, yeah. uh, or to write like that. So, that particular scene is actually when uh, the little girl. So the film, the short film, is about a girl who is finding a coping mechanism to deal with her father's increasing or de- declining health. Hmm. And uh, at the very end of the film, he dies, and that music was her basically feeling the great loss that she has felt. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think when I'm going through that. You do kind of get that feeling from listening to it. You know, there's this kind of a melancholy kind of thing. But it's amazing, John, you talk about painting pictures with music. And that's exactly what, you know, composing for film and TV and all the rest, that's what that does. But yourself, as a traditional musician, as a bagpiper, you know, your approach to it, we understand it as piping fans. And that kind of gives us an extra level of, that's kind of cool. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But it's totally possible. I mean, like if you think about it, we're all we're all players, we're all musicians, which means we play the music that these composers have been writing. Yeah, we've got an insight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. So the door's already open. So if anything, I challenge folks listening now. If you ever thought you would put pen to paper and write something, go for it. Give it a go. You know. Absolutely, yeah. There's no yeah. better time than there's a lect- one of the lecturers said something like there's there's no better time to write uh, the string quartet that you want to write than right now. There you are. Exactly. Yeah. So, John, if anything, man, thank you again so much for taking time to chat to us here on the show. Uh, it's been great, actually, to hear all about your play and your experiences. And I dare say we will have some blistering releases from you in the near future. I'm dead excited. <laughs> and uh, before before we finish up, um, I've, said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, there's a lot of people out there that really, and myself included, that really appreciate uh, the show and what you do. Ah, oh, so, thanks, man. Well, <laughs> they used to come to all the majors, but for whatever reason, they, they can't anymore. But yeah. none of us can. But um, before that, you know, they, they weren't able to come. And because you you provide the live stream, 
it's just oh really, yes really, really appreciate that they always oh, have brilliant going on so yeah um yeah we really appreciate that oh, that's great thanks a million john if anything that's exactly why we why we've done that you know mm-hmm. for for folks who can't make it so oh, that's great to hear thank you very much so, well, if anything, John, before I let you go, I have to ask you some big rab show staples, mate, before I let you go. Yeah. Have you got a, a particular favorite cheese? Oh, I tried some nice smoked cheeses recently, but nothing, Ooh. nothing beats melted mozzarella. Yep. I have to agree with you. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. Also, yellow flashes in a pipe band uniform. That yes or no? Like, I'm talking fluorescent yellow. Like, you could see these things from across the park. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> if, it's, if it's dark, yes. Well, yeah, yeah, they're functional. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In all seriousness, right, uh, you know, sometimes you, you think, sometimes things that shouldn't work do. So maybe True. one day someone's going to make, I, you, you never know, RJ Hardy might release a brand new yellow pipe band uniform. That could be, and everyone will start wearing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but for the time being, no. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, hmm, it's questionable. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, pineapple on a pizza? Yes definitely or no? Not. Definitely not. Thank you. You're not a savage, good man. <laughs> I agree with you. And also, then before I let you go, have you in your history of playing? Have you had a most embarrassing moment? Oh, I can think of about twenty. Oh no. <laughs> okay, I'll do I'll do the one that shames the fewest number of people. So okay. So we're at North, <laughs> we're at North Berwick, and um, it, North Berwick can be an interesting climate. Yeah. You know, it rains one minute, five minutes later. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was it was sunny, but it was too sunny. So we all lined up against the bus. And it was windy, and we like we lined up uh, in the shade. Luckily, it wasn't raining, but we lined up in the shade, and um, uh, the wind kind of comes. It's kind of weaved like a funnel, and the wind came right down, uh, right through the band, and my kilt went right up. Oh! Not only that, but my best friend's brother was filming the band at the time. And he oh! Called. Of course, there'd be a camera. Yeah, and yep. I mean the the boxers were fluorescent pink. <laughs> oh, incredible! There you go. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't believe it. he just came up to us and was like, "Look at that!" And I'm like, "It's fine." Oh no! no. <laughs> and no. of course, now you'll probably see that video a hundred times all over social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. They did actually post it, and I was like, "You can't, you can't have that." <laughs> Oh, amazing. Uh, John, again, thank you, man, for taking the time to chat to us. And we, yeah, we really wish you every success in your playing future. Yeah. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you on the grass in, you know, 2024. Yeah, indeed. I. <laughs> That'll do well, John. Take care, mate. Thank you. And there you have it. The incredible John Do there. Fantastic stuff. Bagpiper with Inverary and now Young Scots Trad Musician of the Year semi-finalist. All sorts of awesome. Now, if anything, I do feel like catching up with John again <laughs> and chatting all about his, uh, you know, reaching the semi-finals of such an incredible event. Now, you guys know we follow this event every year. And we do like to make reference to it because, honestly, whenever you either make it to the semis or the actual final itself, we do now know at that stage 
that the the future for this particular musician is golden. Uh, so yeah, John has a new EP coming out, and he has released a little teaser video from the High Bridge Walk. Now that's yeah, I'm not sure if that's the title, uh, but yeah, he has released various different little sneak peeks and stuff about the upcoming EP. So for more information, go and check out John Do on social media all about the release of his EP, and it's definitely going to be worth picking up. Trust me. Alright guys, I think that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, or any other episode for that matter, then please do consider giving us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us right now. And of course, hitting that all-important subscribe or follow button, because each and every week then you'll get a little a little notification to let you know that Rab has uploaded another one. And uh, yeah, don't forget to get involved. We are getting very close to episode 200. And we do want to know your guys' thoughts on the show. Email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Also, don't forget our new weekly feature, The Weekly Drone, where we talk about everything in the piping world, warts and all. Completely unedited. And you can submit, of course... Your submission for Weekly Drone via our website completely anonymously without the use of any emails, all of that sort of stuff. Go and check it out. BigRabShow.com forward slash Weekly Drone. It's all up there now, so go and check it out. All right, guys. That is it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for downloading this week. Because each and every week, we introduce more people to what we know and love, which is the incredible instrument and music of the Great Highland Bagpipe. Until next week, guys, stay safe wherever you are. And, uh, yeah, maybe play a tune or two over the weekend. You know, aye, maybe lift that chanter or maybe lift those sticks and have a wee rattle. Do you know, just to remind yourselves, just, yeah, we might be in the middle of a global pandemic and the world is all crumbling away to nothing. But, you know, I can blather out a good 6-8 when I want to. <laughs> all right, guys, that's me. I'm out the door. We'll see you all again next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, including our two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date on all the latest news and views from around the piping world. Plus, of course, check us out on Patreon and become part of the Patreon faithful for just $5 a month. Get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness. So until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>